Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Just quickly wanted to say thank you to everyone out there for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. And a reminder that you can find Lockdown Blackhawks 100% for free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Joining me today is none other than Joe Brand from WGN, who uh, does a lot of work pregame, postgame, and during the intermissions for the Chicago Blackhawks. Joe, thanks so much for taking the time to join me, man. Really appreciate having you on. I know all the listeners do as well. How's it going, buddy? How's the start of the season treating you? It's uh, it's going pretty well. And uh, I mean, honestly, not just because of the Blackhawks play, um, just, just a pretty smooth start to this season and having a lot of fun with it. And uh, no, thanks for having me, Jack. I, I I do listen to your podcast. It's it's always very informative. I've been listening for a couple couple years now. I mean that you've been doing it. I I, I have uh, I, I've kept in up to tab with you. So uh, yeah, no, ha- happy to be here and uh, pleased that you uh, asked me to come on on. Well, thank you so much for the kind words, Joe. Greatly appreciate that, and glad the start of the season is treating you well. Always easier when everything's going well. The Blackhawks obviously off to an impressive 4-2-0 start. We'll get to that in just a moment, Joe, but uh, what I wanted to start with first, actually, is just kind of, uh, I wanted to ask you about the start of your hockey fandom and kind of what led you to being in the position you're in right now. Did, did you grow up a, a Blackhawks fan from around the area and also just kind of what led you to wanting to do this? Yeah, uh, I did. I did grow up a Blackhawks fan. Um Full disclosure, my first love was baseball. That's what captured my fandom. Um, not a whole lot of winning here in Chicago, though, growing up. And uh, I actually, I'll tell you the story of how I became a Blackhawks fan. Uh, my my dad, one Christmas, well, I, I should back up a little bit. One Christmas, I was in high school, and uh, my family came home from a party late at night. My family likes to have a good time. Uh, I, I wasn't old enough to partake in the festivities, though, or anything, and they came home pretty late, and this was Christmas Eve, and they wanted to open up presents late in the night in the early morning of Christmas, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. I, I want to savor it all for Christmas morning. That's what we wake up for Christmas morning, and they finally persuaded me to open up gifts at midnight, one, two in the morning, whatever it was, and uh, the first one I opened up was a Marty Havlat sweater, a red Blackhawks Marty Havlat sweater, and my dad said, listen, you know, I know we're big baseball fans, but we're going to become Hawks fans now. They got a great young team. They're turning things around. We would watch hockey when it was available here and there, but but hardly ever, you know, made it appointment television. And he's like, this is what we're going to devote fandom to now. And I'm like, okay. And he was right. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's easy to fall in love with, with the team and the sport that way. Um, it, it's funny because, you know, going to college, it's everything my roommates and I would do. We would we used to have two TVs in the dorm room, and we'd watch The Office and the Blackhawks at the same time because we'd have it on each TV, and we'd flip-flop every time there was a commercial to make sure we could fully take in every single second of either either the hockey game or, or The Office. But, um, yeah, it was, it was just it was a really cool time to be in college, too, with Blackhawks being so successful. 
uh, I went to Illinois State, and they actually uh, built a new rec center uh, workout complex my junior year or so, and I would go on the treadmill and watch the Blackhawks games because there was a TV on the treadmill. That was the coolest thing in that time. And uh, I would I would listen to the game on WGN Radio's app, and people would ask, hey, what do you listen to? And I'd, Blackhawks game, and they're like, what, really, <laughs> here? Uh, but it, it was just, it, again, it was it was appointment television. It was appointment radio. You couldn't miss what they did that day. I was also working at the radio station and TV station in college, so I wanted to stay on top of things. But, uh, but yeah, again, they, they captivated me in, in my high school days. And, you know, it's funny because uh, I, I essentially was a bandwagon fan back then because, you know, it's it's nobody was really a big uh, Hawks fan at that time. And then they started growing fans because of how successful they were. But uh, I, I felt like I became a pretty hardcore bandwagon fan, so I at least justified it a little bit and <laughs> uh, solidified myself. But uh, yeah, and you know, got into this business knowing this is what I wanted to do, uh, be on a live sports broadcast, um, still want to get to a play-by-play -play role full-time eventually, but uh, the way this business works, I know these pre-post jobs help out, but that's not the only reason I'm doing this. I, I absolutely love this position right now. It, timing worked out for me I, I was just a good benefit of of some moving pieces and unfortunately the beast of the business that it is you know that's what you have to wait for um so i'm just taking advantage of what i got right now i'm having a really fun time doing it and it's great to work with john weidman and troy murray especially after listening to them for so many years uh we got kaylee chelios a regular on the radio broadcast now great to work with her great to kind of get to know chris not not really. I don't think we're best buds or anything, but uh, he'll, he'll give me a head nod. So I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no, just just having a blast with it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough business, but it is a fun one. And we, we choose it for a reason. So like I said, just just enjoying it now and, and taking it all in and uh, having a good time with it. I'd love to hear it. Absolutely. And it's kind of funny. I had <clears throat> a similar like start to my fandom. I was baseball thick and thin when I was little I mean I wanted to be in the MLB probably tell by the backdrop I'm a big Cubs fan one of my earliest memories is like a six-year-old was Steve Bartman I don't like remember the play but I remember everyone freaking out because of the play uh and then I just kind of got into it literally right when they drafted Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves during their rookie years I went to a couple games I had like my dad used to play hockey my grandpa used to play hockey so they always liked it but you know the early 2000s Blackhawks were nothing really to be enticed by. So didn't watch him much growing up, but yeah, once Patrick Kane got onto the scene, uh, I was full blown all in. And uh, in high school, I had like a core group of buddies that we just watch every game with. And our senior year was the 2015 Stanley cup. It was like the coolest send off before we got to go to college. So when it came down to time to like figure out what I wanted to do with my career, it was a pretty easy choice for me uh, trying to do the only thing that I want, which is covering the Blackhawks. But, but I mean, that's pretty cool, right? Because their success is what led you to wanting to do something like this and actually doing something like this. So it, it just makes it a little bit sweeter, the fact that you're, you're covering the Blackhawks on a daily basis. I mean, I see you all the time in practice and, you know, you, you're getting the accessibility, the, the ability to do that. And that, that all started because of, of your fandom back then and just right timing, you know, so it worked out pretty cool. hundred percent. And yeah, sometimes you got to, you lose sight of that when you're going through the daily grind and like trying to keep up with all the news and everything. But at the end of the day, it's like 
that in, inspired me to do what I wanted to do. And now here we are on the show. Joe Brand is my guest. Uh, but let's get into some of this stuff on the Chicago Blackhawks. Joe, what, what is going on with our Chicago Blackhawks? <laughs> They've won four consecutive games. Obviously, prior to the season, everyone's talking about uh, bottom feeding, tanking, Connor Bedard, all that jazz. But um, the Blackhawks have shown some life here and most recently just upset a pretty darn good Florida Panthers team. So to talk to me about what you've liked from the early part of the season. And then also, I think everyone's gloating right now about the job Luke Richardson has done. Talk to me about what you've been impressed with in his first year as head coach. I think it definitely starts with him. Uh, I, I don't, I don't uh, think fans are wrong for wondering when Cinderella's horse and carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin right now, but uh, there's no sense in celebrating while it's going on right now. Uh, it, it's just interesting because everything that people were preaching about Luke Richardson, past players, past uh, teammates of his, uh, has come to fruition early on. And, and even the Blackhawks players at the beginning of the year, you know, first impressions were good, all this stuff. But the cool thing about the preseason was there was just, there was a lot more calming presence. There, there was a lot more of um, just a lot of patience and, and no panic and no pressure. And I think that's really important for a team in their first year of getting into a rebuild. And you're talking to the younger guys too, like Isaac Phillips. He's just like, yeah, you know, we're learning a lot out there. We're not afraid to ask questions. And uh, the, the other, one of Luke Richardson's strongest attributes, I think, is is how direct he is and how detailed he is. He doesn't give you cliche gimme answers when you ask him questions in those media scrums. I mean, he goes hardcore hockey to the point where some of it is just way over my head. But I guess you don't have to get that detailed in order to do that. Uh, but he's just, he's so fine-tuned with absolutely everything. You know, we ask, um, why do you like Sam Lafferty going over to center more this year? And he comes back with like three, four answers. It's not just like, oh, we'll see how, how he works there. Uh, we'll, we'll see with his speed. And, and you knew he had that plan coming into this year. So it, all of this um, advocation for him just totally makes sense right now. Not that I was doubting it before. But it, it just left you, you know, wondering how it was going to play out. And again, it, it's still pretty early, six games in. But it's hard to find the flaws in him right now. Now, I, the, everybody is pitching in right now, right? It's it's not just one player. It's not even one line. It's not even one aspect. The offense is doing well. The defense is doing well. Goaltending's doing well. And the special teams are just blowing everyone out of the water. Um, again, that's, that's got to go to the coaching because he's, he's just making sure this entire team is, is ready to play on time. I also think Kyle Davidson did a good job of just making up this roster of, of hardworking guys and not, um, cause I, I don't want to discredit anybody's talent or, or anybody's, uh, roles, but, but a lot of these guys are two-way players and a lot of these guys have something to prove, whether it's, you know, just coming back from a rough year the season before or not being as much of a production as they had been uh, predicted to be. Uh, the, the playmakers you have and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, they're, they're doing their jobs, um, but you don't have to rely on them right now. And that was the case for the Hawks past couple of years. So it's, it's great to see that. Um, I, I also think there's just, there's so many things working well for them because there's so many young guys that are 
trying to play hard for a spot, and whether that's a spot on a certain line or just trying to stay up at the NHL level rather than going back to Rockford. You know, we've seen guys like Caleb Jones and Philip Roos switching and swapping a lot, and uh, Luke Richardson's been very clear about that. That's, that's to give both these guys as, as much experience as you possibly can at the NHL, but also to create some internal competition. And this team is feeding off so well on that. Uh, you, you can't knock that philosophy. Um, it's it, again, six games in, it's, it's just, it's really hard to pinpoint a flaw. I, I feel like the, their worst period so far this year was the first against the San Jose Sharks and they came back and won that game for their first win of the year. Other than that, I have a hard time finding a rough period, maybe the first period against Seattle, but they tied it. I mean, they, they were down two goals and they score a shorty. Then they score a man advantage. I do agree. I think they kind of snuck out with a win in that game, but you can't discredit them for that. It's it's fine with with calling it what it is, but this is a hardworking team right now. And I, I think as long as they continue that, Blackhawks fans have nothing to complain about. Listen, it, fans are going to be fans. They're going to complain about something at, at all times. But, but really, there's nothing to be discouraged about as long as the work ethic stays there. I find it hard to believe that a team can play a full 60 minutes, all 82 games. But uh, as long as that doesn't consistently slow down or slip, I really don't see what you can be discouraged from what we've seen through six games so far from this team. All right, this conversation with Joe Brand from WGN will continue on in just one moment. But first, real quick, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all of the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts on whatever game you want to place a wager on. BetOnline is both the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including the MLB, NHL, NBA, MMA, boxing, and even golf. So head on over to the website today, or you can also use your mobile device to learn more right now about all the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Right, and, and I think a big thing too has been, again, early going, but their ability to rebound. You mentioned, and one thing I've talked about on the show, they haven't been playing like the most perfect hockey or anything, but one thing that I've noticed is when they do, for example, have a bad start to the period like they did against Seattle on Sunday, they respond and tie the game by the end of the first period. When they don't look good in the opening 40 minutes against Detroit, they come out with a big third period to steal the game. It just feels like it's a completely different feel around this team. Even when they're not in a good situation, it feels like they have the composure and the confidence to kind of strike right back and get themselves back into it or steal away a couple of points. And that's kind of my next question I had for you, Joe. Kind of your thoughts on the the feel and for lack of a better word, the vibes around this Blackhawks team, because we've heard Tyler Johnson say how much fun these guys are having. And back in training camp in September, we heard Max Domi call this the favorite training camp of his career. Yeah. Can you kind of talk about how much fun these guys are having and how you think that's impacted the, the solid start thus far? It's funny because when I ask a few players recently, it's kind of not straight up, but essentially the question is, you guys weren't supposed to be this good this early. You know, why is this happening? And of course, they have to come back with, well, you know, people might say that, but we've never had doubt. Um, I, I think that that encouragement, that confidence in this team has totally grown with what they've been able to do. And thank you for pointing out the Detroit game, because 
was actually at a wedding for that game. So I, I wasn't fully able to, I, I rewatched it, but I couldn't, you know, dive into it as much as before. You're right. Those first two periods may, may have not been the best, but, but again, the, the ingenuity that they have to erase what has happened in the past and just go with it. And, and I don't know if that comes into play with, or, or the fact that this team is supposed to be rebuilding comes into play there because maybe that helps with less pressure being on these guys for performing. Um, because where is it going to go with um, what you've seen? Okay, let's take the Florida game for instance. Obviously, a talented team. Hawks jump out to a two nothing lead, but they match the five on five intensity the entire game. They they clogged up the neutral zone. They just had active sticks. They wouldn't let Florida get a good, good opportunity in their zone until the third period. That that comes from just hard work. That that is a decision. Hockey is one of the games, one of the sports that you can make a direct impact just by trying harder. You, you can't really do it in baseball. Um, you can do it in football. You can do it in basketball. But but hockey is so physical and and it's so self motivated that you can make a, an extreme difference by just trying a little bit harder. And these guys are all doing that pretty much all of the time. And I think that's what's making the biggest difference. Obviously, winning helps continue that and maintain that and, and keep it at full go the entire way. Um, but, but again, I, I think it's, it's, it goes back to Luke Richardson coming in at training camp and not putting a lot of pressure on these guys and just setting individual goals maybe for these players and, and trying to implement a system. And, and that's the plan of attack. And you can kind of see it. Okay, let's take the first period against Seattle, for instance. Getting outplayed for the majority majority of it then they go on a penalty kill okay what's the goal of the penalty kill yeah it's to kill off the penalty but as luke richardson always says to be aggressive on it and they are so aggressive they end up scoring a goal and and what do you know that that kind of is the jump start the kickstart of them finding more success in that period they go on the power play hey we just scored shorthanded we already know what we have to do with an, with a man advantage so i think that all goes hand in hand again all of this is going so well it's just kind of uh, contagious right now and i think that's it, it's kind of a snowball effect in a positive way uh but again it all stems from what seems to be some really solid coaching some really good work ethic and just players responding to their roles and, and again i can't stress enough how how this roster just seems to be made up of so many hard-working guys and not incredibly skilled guys in certain roles again i I'm, i don't want to discredit anybody but there's so there's so much continuity. There's there's so many similarities with all these players. And, and again, a good job on, on Kyle Davidson for going that route. I agree. And not to knock past Blackhawks players and say they, they weren't hard workers, but I feel like this group in particular, once again, this is you know the story of doing a podcast this early in the season. We don't have a lot of sample size here, only six games, but it feels like at least having a roster like this, if and when things kind of do start to head in the other direction uh it feels like it will be at least a little bit more bearable as a fan or as someone who watches this team knowing that you're going to get effort night in and night out from those type of guys also getting that mentality preached from luke richardson those are the things in a rebuild i feel like we can live with if the intensity and the energy is there that's great because sure they're going to get outgunned like they did against colorado there are some better teams that are just going to beat the blackhawks that's the way it's going to go this season but feel like it's such an easier pill to swallow if your team's at least fighting hard and making things fun along the way. And that's what the Blackhawks have done really well thus far, I've thought. 
Uh, Joe, getting into some longer term stuff, got to ask you about it. I hate to do it. I apologize ahead of time. Obviously, it's all guesswork at this point. We haven't heard any updates regarding anything in months, but I, I got to get your input on the futures of Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Because to me, again, th there's so much involved in this trade in particular, like a, a no, mo no movement clauses, making it work financially, figuring out where Kane and Taves would even theoretically want to go. There's a lot that goes into it, which I get, and that's going to make the job a little bit harder at the end of the day if they do elect to go this route. But to me, what it comes down to in my mind is, and I even, I'm guilty of doing this all the time. I went back and watched, literally two days ago, I watched the Blackhawks carrying the stand, lifting the Stanley Cup at home in front of the fans at the UC. And it's crazy to think like in Patrick Kane's mind, he would have no idea. Maybe that's his last one. And same for Jonathan Taves. And I, I just wonder if there's a fire. I feel like there has to be a fire inside these guys that wants to at least pursue the opportunity to go and do that once again. And I'm curious what, what you feel about this. And again, I know it's all just guesswork. We're just taking shots in the dark here, but do you feel like at the end of the day, they're both going to be gone one and one, they both stay what is your, you know, shot in the dark on this question? I'm definitely on the same fence as you, and I've been leaning both ways probably since the summer. Um, and I get that argument because I, I've thought it too, and I've there's still a part of me that wonders, you know, are guys like Taves and Kane okay with their, with their three Stanley Cup champions? Are, are only one of them okay? But the competitiveness in both those guys, especially this year that you're seeing. Like Kane scored his first goal just last night against Florida. And then the energy, his his reaction, it was huge. And it, it was it was so natural. And it's like this dude has scored goals all his life. That was his eight hundredth career even strength point. Like, what is this one goal to you? It's it's huge to him because of how competitive he has been his entire life. And you know, that goes to show because you don't get to where he's gotten without that. Same thing with Jonathan Taves. I mean, how many people has he proved wrong so far this year? Myself included. I, I was not expecting this this type of start for him. And good on him because he's he's proving a lot of people wrong and he's just been sticking to his guns. Uh I I don't I, I'm done guessing because I, I did kind of have the thought that oh Patrick Kane's got a kid now. He's kind of slowing down in terms of it just seems like he's he's really becoming a dad. He's going into that dad mode. He's he's everything is focused around his son. Uh, he's getting into a new chapter of his life. I know he loves Chicago. I'm pretty sure he lives here year round. Um, but again, there's that competitiveness, and there is this is the final year on this contract. So maybe there is a little enticement to go somewhere and go for a run at another cup. I will say, I'll be keeping my eye on the New York Rangers this year to see how well they continue to do because. That 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 destination for him is just not going to go away, right? I mean, his nickname is Showtime. It, and to bring Showtime to New York City, the Big Apple, would make a lot of sense. It's all going to come down to what Taves and Kane want. And they, they've pretty much been closed books about this. They're just focusing on this year. Um, they're, they're being hockey players. They're being good teammates. Um, but it, it does seem like – I think the Blackhawks will do right by them no matter what happens for the rest of this year. I if they want to go, clearly that's that would help out Kyle Davidson's plan. Um, but I, I think the Blackhawks will somehow make right of it, whether it's after this year, 
whether or not they stay. Um, I, I think I think the Blackhawks would totally be open to a return for them, even though it would be year two of a, a rebuild. But you know, who knows? We we've heard of of players. I think didn't. Nah, I don't want to speak out of turn because I, I don't want to have a wrong. I don't want to have a wrong thought about a wrong player, but I want to say a hockey player uh, was telling his organization, listen, if you want to trade me, get some pieces, I'll re-sign the following year. But but things are crazy in the offseason, so you can't hang your hat on that. It's I, I could see that possibly happening, but I, I, I wouldn't be willing to bet on it. I don't think anyone would be because, again, there's just so many variables. There's so many uh, different things that get involved. But I really don't know. Um, I wish I did because it'd be easier to answer this question, but um, obviously you hope for nothing but the best for those guys. And, and honestly, if, if they, if they do pass on and, and get traded to another team, I, I would understand it. it it'd be tough for black, <coughs> excuse me, Blackhawks fans to swallow. I swear. No, man. Tough for Blackhawks fans to swallow. I understand, but you got to know that everyone would be rooting for whatever team they go to too. hundred percent. And I think in, in my mind, at least the one thing I'm okay with about the situation is that the Blackhawks are going to do these guys, right? It doesn't sound like they're going to force their hand or come running up to them and make a split decision. Like they're, they're giving them the respect that they deserve for everything that they've done for this organization. So uh, regardless of what happens, at least, you know, it, it's nice knowing that the Blackhawks are going to do well by those two faces of the franchise. Uh, Joe, I, I also wanted to talk about some of the new pieces or, or the pieces we've seen Kyle Davidson bring in in his short time as the Blackhawks general manager. Obviously, Jason Dickinson gets recently brought in from Seattle, goes and makes an immediate impact. Uh, Taylor Radish is another guy who is part of a big return from Tampa Bay uh, in the Brandon Hagel trade. He had a nice slap shot goal last night against Tampa. Another guy in Sam Lafferty, a one-for-one one deal for Alex Nylander. That looks really freaking good. Um, to me, it feels like Kyle Davidson's been pushing all the right buttons since since taking over as GM, other than maybe the return for Alex to it. I think we all can agree that was a bit underwhelming. But I, other than that, I literally don't have a complaint about Kyle Davidson. You feel the same way? Well, I will play a little bit of devil's advocate on the Dabrinkit trade. I, I, I do agree that... Um... The common thought was, you know, there there's still more out there for an Alex to bring a type and even just the idea of trading him. But that being said, Kevin Korchinski was definitely the most impressive guy that we saw in the prospect camp and in training camp. So if that continues, uh, I think people will have to say that the Alex to bring a trade should have happened with a little bit more pause. Um, you're not going to find a bigger Sam Lafferty fan than me. I, I was a huge fan of him last year, and that has only grown this season. Here's the thing. What if he starts to become trade bait, you know? like I he, thought the same thing. Like, anyone who does good for us now is just, can we move him? <laughs> right. And, I mean, again, I, I would hate to see a guy like Sam Lafferty go, but, uh, man, what a, what a flip that would be if, if Kyle Davidson ends up pulling it off. Um, again, going back to one of the earlier statements, I said it just seems like the people he is bringing in all have a lot of things in common. Hardworking, two-way players, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, opportunity to shine here. I mean, Taylor Radish is playing on the second line and playing very well on the second line with Taves and Tyler Johnson. Um, he wasn't going to be able to be doing that in Tampa Bay. 
Sam Lafferty situation seemed like he needed a, a scene change, which is crazy because he's an East Coast guy. Just again, though, a lot, lot more talent in Pittsburgh at the time being. So you like to see those types of things happening. But also, it's the little things too that Kyle Davidson's doing well, like moving O'Reilly Stillman over to Vancouver and getting Dickinson and a second round pick. That was probably the headline of the trade. But it seems like he's very strategic with the player coming back. How does this benefit us right now? Um, the, the same goes with the Peter Mrazek deal. You know, it, that fills a role. Also, we get a draft pick out of it. Like, it seems like every time he's making these moves, it goes with a lot of attention to detail. I really want to know um, more about his, his scouting philosophy and, and what, what he is encouraging his scouts to look for what he's planning on looking on because because a guy like sam lafferty does he catch your eye or are you zoned in on him looking for little things and then feeling confident enough to pull the trigger because when that move was made i don't think anyone was totally upset with it fans were really still waiting for nylander to pull and play to his potential but it hasn't gotten there yet um but again what does he see in Sam Lafferty? Or is it his scouts saying, hey, this is a guy to keep an eye on, and, and then it turns out to be, yeah, this is a guy we need right now. Um, so it's all, it all has been very encouraging, uh, very impressive, still a long way to go, but I, I have trouble finding holes in Kyle Davidson. The DeBrinket thing is a big one, um, and, and the main one is because it goes back to the Brandon Hagel trade. He had said, the only reason Brandon Hagel was traded was because the offer was too good. They weren't looking to shop him. He basically said that was going to be the same situation for Alex to bring it and then comes back with a seventh overall pick. Again, was pleased by Kevin Korczynski, but there is a little bit of, um, uh, uh, kind of uh, I want to say kind of, you know, a little back and forthness there. Um, not going to fully knock him on that anytime soon but uh there's a reason to, to question it um but again i i like the head coach i, I like the, pe- the pieces that have been brought in it, it fits the system so again just nothing but a, a very detailed and well thought out individual of kyle davidson so far i would say and that's a good point that you just brought up i think that was the only reason why i was disappointed about the return for alex to we get that much for a guy like brandon hagel who Davidson admitted he didn't want to trade. The deal was just too good. And it felt like we were in that same situation with DeBrinket where, hey, we don't have to trade this guy. Like, we don't have to move him 100%. But if we do, we'll take the bag for it. And, and it felt like we just got a, a little bit less than that. But absolutely agree. Kevin Korchinski looks like the best prospect this, this team has had in quite some time. And I'm really stoked for the future that he's going to have one day for this organization. I do. I do also wonder if it's just the fact that there was so much talk going into whether or not Alex DeBrinca was going to be traded. That at that point, Kyle Davidson just has his mind set on we have to trade him. We have to get something for him right now, or at least move down with the fact that it makes more sense to move on from Alex DeBrinca than to keep him in the rebuild. But again, we'll we'll have to see what comes of that. I agree. Um, two questions for you before I let you get on out of here, Joe. One real quick. We saw, it's about Lucas Reichel. We saw Tyler Johnson, someone who you referenced a few moments ago, exit the game early against Florida and didn't hear the most encouraging news from head coach Luke Richardson regarding that front. Uh, I was curious if 
I've saw this, I saw this thrown around Twitter earlier. If it is more of a serious injury for Johnson, first off, hopefully it's not because he's looked phenomenal. And if it is though a serious or more serious injury, do you think the Blackhawks consider bringing up Lucas Reichel this early in the season? Or do you think they want to kind of keep him down there with that group? How do you think they're going to go about handling him? Not only now, but throughout the rest of the way this year. Yeah, I don't think they'll they'll see this as the opportunity to bring him up only because he's not down there because there's a log jam with the Hawks right now. He's down there with the goal in mind to build up confidence, build more muscle, and, and just build more experience as a top-line center. Uh, he's going to get that in Rockford. He's not going to get that at the NHL level. Um, so they, they're being very careful and very strategic as opposed to years before, about rushing guys up to the NHL. Uh, they just want to make sure he's 100% ready to play in the NHL full-time. I mean, maybe if it is an extended injury for Tyler Johnson, and again, nobody's hoping for that because of how superb he's been to start this year, but if it is a longer injury, maybe you'll see Lucas Reichel come up later on. Again, I hope, hope it's not a couple of months, but if, if that's the case, maybe Maybe they throw him a game or two, a couple of home games where they are able to fixate him in there without getting lined up against some uh, heavy hitters. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't see that as a direct correlation, at least not right now. Joe, last question I got for you. Uh, a bit of a fun one, but have you had a moment at all where you're, like, kind of kicking yourself that you're, like, in the spot you're in? Or ha have you been starstruck at any moment? Like, what, what's kind of been the coolest moment for you since you've uh, been the host pre- pre-game, post-game, and intermission for the Blackhawks? A couple of, yeah, yeah, I have. Um, and honestly, you know, I, I, I feel like you got to have those moments in order to make, make everything worthwhile and make the job worthwhile. And you know, even when there's a bad day, I, I do a good job of reminding myself, like, okay, this, this is what we're doing here right now. Um, it was really cool to work the Pat Foley game last season. Uh, Dennis Savard, Chris Chelios, uh, who I think Nick Jalmerson might have been there that day. Event either way, he was at the United Center a few games earlier. Just random Hawks legends popping in the booth and throwing on the headset, and I'd shake their hand, give them the headset, you know, taking pictures. And you know, I'm a small, small piece of it, um, but it's it's just cool to be in that vicinity. Jim Cornelison came up before the game. Um, uh, what else happened that game? Oh, oh, Pat Foley's speech. He he said everybody basically in the radio booth not me i of course not i don't deserve to be but it's like yeah wow I'm, i know all those people i'm working with all those people in the in the booth that he just mentioned right here um i mean even the sound engineer our great sound engineer paul zarang but um so definitely that and uh maybe on a more individual note one time i'm uh with some friends out at a restaurant a little bit late night and i'm just talking to somebody and this guy goes you sound familiar like do i know you and i'm like well, I am on the radio. And he's like, okay. He's like, yeah, I, I drive UPS at night. I'm like, yeah, I, I cover the Hawks. He's like, you're Joe Brand. I, I listen to every game. And he's like, you, you got your Monday night show on WGN Radio, Blackhawks Live. I'm like, see, normally it's me telling people about the show and, and when it is. But that's that's pretty cool. I really appreciate it. So so that was pretty cool. Um, again, you know, it's it's small things. It, it's not the biggest thing in the world, but it's I think it's important to recognize those those times, and I, I certainly do. And and don't forget them. And you know, just you know, kind of going back to our first conversation of what got us into this business, and that's part of it. So I, you know, I just make sure I, I I soak that in and take advantage of those situations.
Couldn't agree anymore. Well, Joe, just want to say thank you so much again for for jumping on the show, man. Hopefully the first of many. Uh, lots of fun and definitely looking forward to having you on next time. Sounds great, Jack. Had a blast. Have me on whenever. Absolutely, Joe. Thank you again, everyone. Joe Brand from WGN. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.